0: Have you given any more thought to the job
1: offer? I don't actually think I have any kind of offer letter or any kind of formal offer of anything, so I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Oh
0: my gosh, bad on me. So it's, it's you know what? I tried to play it fast and loose. I probably blew it. Have I lost you? I Did you already uh, accept another position?
1: No, I remain fun-employed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I hate words like that. I hate staycation.
1: I hate You're the those. one who brought Sharo on like a show ago. You were but talking that about the Sharo. Mean, fun, I can't say fun and applaud. You can say Sharo. Sharo sounds like the... I'm
0: not, hey, like not going to... I wouldn't presume to tell you what you can and cannot say. It's
1: like an, old, an older sister's name. Sharo. This is my older sister, Sharo.
0: Sharo. Yeah. Um. Oh, man. i got to start writing down all the things I want to talk to you about. But this is good enough. This, is, this one's going to be all... Uh, Let's talk more rock. This one's gonna be all all killer, no filler.
1: <laughs> talk and rock, don't rhyme where I'm from. Talk. Talk and rock. Do not rhyme where rock. I am from.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. Let's talk more Squawk. Squawk rhymes with talk. Yeah. That's that's pretty close. Pretty close. Um this is I don't know, this is weird. I um whenever you do something, I pay attention to it. I like your blog posts. Ah, wait, stop. Ah, did you get the bloop? I did get the bloop, but I hear you now. Hmm. Okay, let me just go check all the usuals. I ran my you on Wi-Fi. Thing. Never. Never, never, never. I have a... It'd be so weird to have a nice Mac and be on Wi-Fi. Be so odd. Um. I think we're all good. Let's try it again. Um, you know, I pay attention to things that you do. When you do your annual blog post, I'm there. I listen to your other program. Um, and, um, and when you have, you have two apps, or do you have a secret third app? How many apps do you got?
1: I've got the reload button. That's not really an app, but yeah, I've got two apps.
0: Okay. Well, and I, I've got two of those apps. Um, I got the front and center and I've got switch glass and switch glass. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I think I am. You're muting. Yeah, me it's Is, not, is it's it loud not compli- there? Is it is a loud? Good a
1: word. Yeah, I was muting. Sorry.
0: Well, it's 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 just two uncomplicated words, but that the additive quality—it's called mathematics. John, look it up. Um, you've been talking about switch class, and and something occurred to me, which is first. Well, first of all, I guess most recently you had an update to it to do something that you can tell us about. I think part of it was you were just you were updating it, you're bringing it up to date, but you're also kind of you were fighting the not fighting or struggling with the whole like hey background process thing. What does that mean? What are your users going to think of that? The reason I think it's interesting timing is I want to hear what's new in switch Glass. Ultimately, John, the secret thing here, even though I'm not, I haven't offered you a job, I haven't even sent you a proper letter, um, is I want you to tell me some great, some super sick, cool stuff to do with switch Glass. Um, I would love to hear like what led you to want it. The reason I think the news peg, as we say in the business is, uh, I'm, I'm probably not the, well. I'm not going to be funny about this stage managers. Weird. No matter how you use it and where you use it, Stage Manager is weird. And all the times I would was trying to use Stage Manager and trying to figure it out, and I'm not done with it, and I'm not trying to be mean. But my impression most of the time that I was using Stage Manager, especially on a Mac, was that it felt like a vertical dock. And I wasn't sure why I would need a vertical dock. And uh, if you'll forgive my saying, um, I think one could be very equally confused by Switch Class, thinking like, oh, is this just a different dock on the side? I'm acting like other people think this, not me. And I know, knowing John Syracusa and loving your FAQs about this, I thought this would be a good opportunity. The news peg is, stage manager's out and it's very confusing to everyone. But also, I would like you to, I mean, obviously, if people think they might find Switch Class useful, I'd like you to have a chance to talk about it on your show about feelings. But I also am selfishly asking you for some super hot tips about uh, stuff I should be using Switch Class for that it. Because I don't know what I'm supposed to do with it, John. Setting aside your
1: pronunciation of the sword, what the heck is a newspeg?
0: Newspeg is a, I think that's a term that people use to say, okay, so, um, oh boy, you know that great thing that Elizabeth says in, uh, or I call her Lilybet. You know, the, the three questions she always says to Margaret, the three questions you have to ask yourself, do I have to say, does this have to be said? Does this have to be said now? And does this have to be said by me? Isn't that clever? Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Um, why this news story now? And but why is it called a news peg? Because it is the news event, and I'm using that phrase potentially very loosely. What is the news event that can be associated with this maybe an ostensible feature piece? Like, for example, like if, okay, just based on Twitter today, um, if you, um, oh boy, you know what? I went straight into the thing without selling the show. I screwed that up, didn't I? Huh.
1: Well, don't, don't confuse yourself by looking at the show notes. while you. I'm you're not looking at anything, John. Tags. I'm
0: looking at your, your goddamn vertical doc. I don't know what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do with it. No, you say, uh, for example, let's say somebody, uh, wanted to do an update on Ticketmaster's, you know, uh, fees and like what it means to buy this company. People are talking about, you know, Ticketmaster master about this company. Well, apparently a lot of people tried to buy tickets for Taylor Swift today And are seeing, you know, lots of fees and stuff. So the news peg for a piece on Ticketmaster might be a lot of people were buying Taylor Swift tickets. Does that make sense?
1: Uh, Yes. And I Googled it as well just to make sure that you're just not one of these things you're making up like Rabbit Rabbit. Um, Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A news story that forms the basis or justification for a feature story, editorial, political cartoon, or the like.
0: Okay. Yeah. But I mean, you know, we're past the age of blogs now. I don't think you need a reason for anything.
1: No, yeah. I I also was supposed to try to get Taylor Swift tickets today. I, I should brief aside about Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. Um,
0: but,
1: is, but are, you know, are
0: they are they they're, they're rare as hen's teeth? Is that the idea? It's hard to it's difficult to get these tickets. Is that correct?
1: Well, the uh, is, this is not what's the opposite of not the opposite. What's the thing that you so the news peg is uh, you know the the story about people having trouble getting tickets the larger story i would say or which if you're going to write a feature about this the feature you should write is ticket, the Ticketmaster monopoly and how they screw everything up for everybody but anyway setting yeah. that aside they're big they're evil they charge too much money they're they're a monopoly it's not good for anybody involved their website sucks but setting that aside there's obviously lots of demand for Taylor Swift tickets i'm trying to buy uh, two tickets one for my daughter and one for my daughter's friend mm-hmm. um to go to one of the three The the, the trick is to use the app and to add it to your Bastic the night before. Yeah, yeah, if only it was that easy. Um, And the the system they came up with, or the Ticketmaster came up with, it's not a good system right off the bat, but at least it is a system. And The system was this. uh, For like weeks ahead of time, you could just sign up to be considered for this lottery, right? And there's no, it doesn't matter when you sign up. Like, you know, you you had like weeks to do it. It doesn't matter what order you sign up. Even the signing up had a queue because their websites are so terrible. Again, it doesn't matter. Like, there's no advantage to being first or second. It's like literally, yeah. you're putting your name in a hat. But still, I had to sit in the, front of the, the lottery webpage.
0: part is the eligibility to purchase a ticket. Yeah, so that's why to get so, in so the lottery line,
1: there was you, there was queues. You'd stare at a web page and watch this thing, and you had to be there for yes. hours. And if it came up and you weren't there, it was like, oh, I guess you're not there. And it's like, and again, so this living is in just a war, to, John, that's no way just, to just just to put your name in a hat doesn't matter what order, okay. What, do you, what is that hat? Well, the hat is at some point, they're going to pull a bunch of names out of this hat. They don't tell you how many they're going to pull out. They're going to pull, pull out a bunch of names from this hat. And if your name gets pulled out of the hat, guess what? You win. Hmm. You win the opportunity to try to get a first come first serve ticket during so a It's kind
0: of like WWDC.
1: No, because WWDC, you put your name in the hat and then you either get a ticket or you don't.
0: Oh, and you like you, you run the card at the moment you enter the lottery. Well, I
1: don't know when they run the card or whatever, but with the WWC, there's no like seat selection or anything or whatever. You just say, hey, I want a ticket to WWC," And then they pull the names in the hat and they pull it out and they say, congratulations, you got a ticket. But this, you put your names in the hat and all you win is the ability to try to buy a ticket. So today was the try to buy a ticket time. So if you won the lottery, <laughs> which I didn't, but if you were one of the lucky winners of the lottery today, you would have gotten the opportunity at 10 a.m. local time to try to buy a ticket. So 10 a.m. comes and everyone's quickly loading their web browser and hitting reload and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's first come, first serve. Just try to get a ticket, right? The only people who could participate in that frenzy were the people who got picked out of the, their names out of the hat, right? right? However many names they picked out of the hat, they picked too many because, of course, the site goes down and everything's not working and <laughs> poor people who, you know, were in the lottery are like, oh, it's broken and I was trying to, you know, whatever. That was the typical disaster. So already the system is dumb because
0: winning the lottery just gets you a chance and then they pick too many names out of it like was ugh. Oh my god, that's so funny! You should say that. I was just closing windows, and I noticed <laughs> the latest tweet that I see on Twitter is a Washington Post article: Taylor Swift's long way to return to touring was a disaster for Ticketmaster. Mm, yeah, right. and to God, I'll put it in notes. All right. So
1: here's the next thing. So okay. okay, so I didn't win the lottery to get to participate in today's mess, right? But the reason I was spent today trying to do ticket stuff is there is a second way that you can have a chance to get Taylor Swift tickets, and that second way was supposed to be. If you have a Capital One credit card, Mm -hmm. Capital One credit card holders don't have to, like, because you have the card, you don't have to enter anything. You don't have to enter a lottery. If you have a Capital One card, your time will be 2 p.m. And everybody with a Capital One card at 2 p.m., it's your turn. Oh, it's like if you
0: stay in the park at Disney World. You get to try to get a ticket. Twilight hours. Except it's a a Disney queue for an early, oh, boy, what a goddamn mess. Yeah, Yikes. so,
1: so this, is, this is separate from the people who are trying to get it at 10 a.m. Okay. You're not in that group. That group, you know, whatever it was supposed to happen. What was supposed to happen is the 10 a.m. people would go and they would all get their chance to get tickets. And then 2 p.m. would roll around and now it's time for the Capital One people to try to get tickets. The, for the 10 a.m. people, they can pick, a, you know, they pick the names out of the hat. They can pick however names they want. They can pick five names, 1,000 names, 500, whatever many they want to pick, they can do that. Capital This is a classic, one, John, is a
0: classic John Syracuse Point, which yeah. is like, you're the one who said, what that was it's right. up to you
1: to but decide capital what one you're gonna do with holders, that yeah there's gotta be like thousands millions of them
0: yeah i'll bet they don't they get a to lot pick of that number
1: like this That's is fun. some tie-in with like you know Ticketmaster and capital you know whatever sure right so literally anybody with a capital one credit card is eligible at 2 p.m to rapidly try to go to the site and you know you have to like basically you use your capital one card number to get in right? not anybody can do it and you have to buy it with your capital one credit card so it's like <laughs> it's it's gated by the capital oneness of the thing right yes <laughs> and so 2 p.m is gonna roll around it's 150 something i got all my windows open i got all my browsers open i get everything going ready to go to uh reloading the page um and, and then around pretty much at exactly 2 p.m like 159 and you know it, like a message comes up and says, due to the unprecedented demand, blah, 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 we're sorry, but the Capital One thing's going to happen tomorrow. Okay. So, I didn't get to do anything today. Uh, I'll read you the things. The, pre- the Capital One cardholder presale has been rescheduled to Wednesday at 2 p.m. So, tomorrow at 2 p.m., I get to try all this over again. Presumably, by you, then, you they hope, will have you hope, dealt with yeah. whatever issues, but it's going to be a disaster because they got to pick the number for the 10 a.m. presale and it didn't work, and they don't get to pick the Capital One number. It's going to be big, so... I don't know, and a bunch of people I know did win the lottery and did get tickets. Who's uh, it? A, uh, Neil I. Patel said he waited with basically waited with a browser window open for seven and a half hours today. Jeez, because you just look wild. at the queue and you wait for your turn to come up. But again, you got to be there looking at the window when it comes up. Because if it says, "Hey, it's your turn," and you're and you're out eating dinner or something, it probably goes, "Oh well, I'll give your turn to somebody else."
0: Sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> so so like five, ten minutes. <laughs> tune in
1: next week to find out if I successfully purchased uh, Taylor Swift tickets.
0: I, I will, I, I am not about, I don't know. I don't want to be such a snork that I say something like, well, can't they just throw a lot of resources at it? Cause I feel like I remember maybe it was when I was interviewing Chris Wetherill about, you know, Google, um, reader. And, but like we're, he was talking about like how they test stuff. And anyway, I just remember talking to somebody who worked at Google at the time and talking about like what it's like to have, you know, a big, big product launch. And of course, as with Apple, and making changes to things, even more so with Google. Like, if something goes wrong, um, boy, there's all kinds of consequences about that. And there, I guess, there's really no such thing as throwing all the resources at something because you, you don't even know what it is really that you're. I don't know. I'm just curious about this. How? How are? I know this is not exactly you. I get the feeling anyway. This is not exactly your primary area in the tech stack. But what goes into deciding about uh, setting aside the scarcity of tickets to see one person sing songs, the scarcity of having a website that you can hopefully keep up? How do you decide what to do about that? What is a reasonable way to address that? And is there indeed a reason why you don't throw all of the resources at that?
1: That is my area when back when I had a jobby job. But this is exactly the type of thing I don't. I figured you
0: were further. I figured you were down at the level of like. Well, I don't know. But so that's part of it though. I'm is, a full stack developer. That doesn't um, mean anything, John. Full but, stack. Top you know, to bottom. I mean, you're a handsome guy, but I don't know if you're a full stack. But no, what 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 is uh give me some of the give me a layperson's idea of what's involved. Um give it to me in pigs and bunnies. Why why, why does something like that happen? It isn't just being cheap and dumb. Right. There's not really a guaranteed silver bullet way to do that in a way that doesn't break the bank. Right. No, it's
1: mostly being cheap and dumb. Um, but here, here's the way Here's what Ticketmaster should have done. And there's probably some very probably some reason that I will disagree with why they don't do it. Um, <laughs> what they what they should have done uh, is just do everything ahead of time like WWDC. So for WWC, when they went to a lottery, nobody was ever in a rush to do anything. You have like weeks to, or you know, a week to enter the WWDC lottery. Anybody who wants to enter can enter it. It doesn't matter what order you enter enter it. All you do is put your name in the hat, and then at Apple's leisure, they you know pull names from the hat and they pull the number of names that they want to pull from the hat. And if your name is pulled from the hat, you get to go. Uh, concerts are a little bit more complicated because you have to pick a venue and you have to eventually pick seats, different, different kinds of seating, like, yeah, stuff like that. But still, you can do all of that ahead of time. Have everybody who wants to participate in the lottery. So in that you know. in that
0: sense, like jokes have left the room, that is not dissimilar from the slight improvements to the way things like buying an iPhone have gone, where it's like if we can get all this stuff tucked away and settled over here, no money has changed hands yet, but all we really need to do is run the card.
1: Right. Also for concerts, because of the seating selection is different. So the way you would do it to, and keep in mind, this concert is for May, 2023. This is not a concert next weekend. Well, I mean,
0: even if you just did it to the point of saying, we're not going to, we're not going to sell more than 80% of capacity. So we don't run into any dumb problems there. But you could just know that if you knew that 80% of the people who wanted 80% of the capacity could get tickets in a normal way, you could always have another round of that,
1: right? No, no. So you don't even need to do any of that. So listen, this, Mm. this is what you would actually do. Okay. You would, you would have everyone put their name in the hat, right? doesn't matter what order they do it. They're not picking seats at this point. They're just putting their name in a hat, right? Then you, for, and they, they have to pick like a venue, like, in, and dates they're interested in. Then for each venue and date, you pull out a number of names that are equal to however many, you know, seats there are essentially, right? Or I don't know however you want to reserve for VIPs, whatever, right? And so now you have a set of people who have won the lottery and you can tell all those people, like, for certain, you will have an opportunity to buy a ticket somewhere for this show because you won the lottery, right? Right. And you don't just pull the names out of the hat. You pull them out in an order. So there's the number one person for, you know, Gillette Stadium
0: in Foxborough, the number two mm. person, the number three mm-hmm. person, the number
1: four for any given show. right? And then, and now, now the you're in like of, a,
0: you're in a human tranche now.
1: Yeah. And, and now at your leisure, since again, the concert is a year from now <laughs> at your leisure, uh, you just say, okay, on this day at this time, go to this website, sign in, pick your ticket, right? And, the person who goes after you doesn't get to go until you pick your ticket. And there's a time window where you got to pick your ticket within an hour or two, but like, you're not contending for resources. You can spread people out over time, however you want. And everybody knows where they stand. Oh, it's going to suck if you pick last, because you're going to get the worst seat in the stadium. It's going to be great if you pick first, because you have, you get the pick of, you know, you know, it's just like, it's very simple. Right. And then there's no time
0: pressure. But but it sounds like the critical part of what you're saying is like, don't jam all of that into Happening in in mostly the same day.
1: There's no race. There's no like got to quickly do stuff or whatever. It is just, it is is a series of reserved slots for you to pick your things. And you're like, won't that take a really long time? Yeah, it will. It will probably take weeks and months or who knows how long you want to take it. Obviously, if you have more servers, you can allow more people to do it at once. But there is a serial queue for each stadium because you can't pick your seats until the person who has number is one lower than yours. Mm -hmm. Pick their seats. Right, 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 right.
0: And like you have a year and you have computers. But it's like visiting the queen. It's like there is an end in sight and the first person in front of you isn't allowed to take six hours to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah they, they would have a window of time where they could do it. And having an hour to pick your seats is instead of the frantic 30 seconds when things are breaking in a browser tab, it would be luxurious. Give people 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever you want to do. Like do the math. There's, you know, 30,000 seats in the stadium, three shows. So you got to do 90,000 things, slice it up into 90,000 time slots. And allow people to go through a serial queue because again, you have months and months and months before the show, and in that way, there would never be any drama, and it would just be a random drawing, and everybody could pick things at leisure. Now, why don't they do that? I'm sure there's a bunch of reasons. Like, what's your what's I, your
0: top what's your top reason they would give you that you would say is BS?
1: I mean, I think part of it is probably uh, that they want to the The idea that if you get there first or fastest that you that that's an advantage is so baked into the ethos and industry surrounding tickets and scalping and reselling and quote unquote dynamic pricing. That right? They they can't go like against people,
0: that. Well, I wonder if it's a little bit like Black Friday doorbuster kind of sales, um, where you get some benefit. Like if you're Capital One and you've done a paid collaboration with Ticketmaster, like all of that, if that goes well, I guess, or well or neutral, you get a lot more publicity in one big go, right? Like maybe it's something where in same way that like Walmart gets in the uh, maybe not for the best reasons, gets in the papers on uh on Black Friday.
1: Yeah, and, and for people who are less popular than Taylor Swift, you do want to drive interest right you want people to think i better hurry up and get it otherwise i won't get a ticket like that kind of rush feeling that is an advantage for artists that may not be guaranteed to solving that but for taylor swift you don't have to worry about that you don't have to build any hype like taylor swift is the perfect opportunity to use the more leisurely system which is purely chance based i think a lot of customers won't like the chance one because they feel like well at least with the the current system you know, through my efforts, like my being there on the computer at the second it opens, like they, that they can do something to control their destiny. Whether or not that's actually true, like who knows? There's so many things that are outside their control, but having it be a completely random lottery takes all their agency out of it. And I bet a lot mm-hmm. of uh, customers don't like that. Um, but anyway, if they did that, that would solve their server problem and it would solve the anxiety problem of all the people trying to get tickets. The anxiety problem, like yeah. I said, is not necessarily a problem. It's a lot it's of an unnecessary, unnecessary stress. Nurses. Yeah. yeah. But but it's it's an advantage for artists that aren't guaranteed to sell at every single seat.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, um I wonder if Yeah, yeah, I yeah, you know, like I said there's a reason that I'm not in the corner office, but it, there are there are there are things like that where like sometimes I feel like I like as somebody who has more way more experience in technology like you can cut cut right through that to see what's going on, but it just it seems like it engenders just even on the best day, all of the service fee stuff and the convenience fee and whatever all the stuff is that we've all been paying for for years seems to would engender a lot of kind of ill will about it. I mean, I can only think of off the dome. I, there is one very much worse way that I could see happening. And I could really imagine somebody like the Rolling Stones doing this, which is making a Dutch auction. You could basically say, I think that's what it's called, but you could basically say, hey, look, there's 30,000 30, spots here. Your decision is—you have a couple decisions to make. Where do you? What kind of seat do you want? Or put differently, for a, a Dutch auction crowd, what kind of accommodations are you expecting? Or do you want to be in a skybox? Are you okay being down on the floor in a folding chair, that kind of thing? And then just say, "Give us your bid." You know what I mean? Isn't that how a Dutch auction works? They do—they do have this new thing called dynamic pricing
1: that I think is trying <laughs> to do something like that, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's—it's it's, there was a story on that. Speaking of news pegs. Like Bruce Springsteen tickets were going for five thousand. I remember
0: hearing that. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the because that that is a very uh, that is not a particularly friendly way to sell tickets. And artists are are really the ones who push back against that. Ticketmaster would love to do that. Ticketmaster would love to get only the richest thirty thousand people in the world to go to the concert in the big stadium because that makes them the most money, right? But the artists don't only want to play to a crowd of billionaires. So the artists are often pushed back against that. And the artists, you know, tend to hate Ticketmaster and say, we actually want our fans to be able to buy tickets. So they have all these things that are part of Ticketmaster and other buying systems to try to stop scalpers, essentially, from buying tickets. Yeah. You have to be a verified fan who's a real person and not a scalper. And you're limited to six tickets. <laughs> you and have to blah, use blah, blah. your Facebook ID. <laughs> yeah. Because, <And, laughs> you know, I mean, like a way
0: to prove that you're a person, right?
1: Yeah. Obviously, like they do what they can. But in the end, scalpers get them. So if you wanted, you can buy a Taylor Swift ticket right now. Really good seats for $12,000.
0: Yeah. Which is a bummer. That really is. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I understand. I think we tend to be perhaps understandably way less sympathetic about this with people who are giant stars, but you, we all do our own weird little sabermetrics money ball thing all the time with going like, well, I would rather earn a thousand dollars once than a hundred dollars, 10 times. I mean, generally speaking, right? If you had the choice, I would rather, you know what I mean? Like I, I, the scale of that makes a lot of sense. I'd rather be paid extremely well than not as well. I'd rather do less work rather than more work. And, you know, I, but like, you know, I think you, Bruce Springsteen, Taylor Swift, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to see like somebody, I don't even have a good answer for this. It's rock music and people should be able to see it. You know, like at the the uh, Dodgers at the Giants games, like they've got like these, these like bleacher ish seats where, you know, we've sat occasionally before. It's not terrible. You just don't get a regular like full down seat or you can even like walk up and kind of look at it you know like some dickens character you can kind of like look at it through the cracks and i know there are probably there's probably an entire suite of offices that just go toward like working with charities and you know working with cub scouts for discounts or however they they manage that stuff but it is it is kind of a bummer that on top of it being it's it sounds like you know for people who have the money and would even would spend the 5000 or 1000 or whatever it's still not very fun and there's nobody who feels good about how it went. It's really just kind of like a, an all-around bummer. Ticketmaster feels good about it. I guess so. I mean, they gotta they gotta put food on their plate like anybody else.
1: Yeah, nobody likes Ticketmaster.
0: Monopolies are bad. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting. Squarespace.com slash diffs. Friends, Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, your products, services, even the very content that you create Whatever it is you want to do, Squarespace has got you covered. There's so many things. give me this whole list of things, so I can choose from like I don't know, like like seven different things. Let me just let me just dive in with some of the the, the f's and b's, the highlights, if you like. Right? Uh, you can use insights to grow your business. Okay, I could use that. I have something like a business, and it's not growing, uh, and I do not have insights, so I could use that. If you've ever wondered where your site visits and sales are coming from, well. Which channels are the most effective, you ask yourself? You can analyze all of that in Squarespace. And once you got that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. Uh, I I could use that. This is huge, you guys. You can sell your products on your very own online store. So whether you're selling physical or digital goods, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. And listen, this this is a throwback Thursday. You can blog. Blog. Who thought of that? What, a blog? Yeah, Squarespace, check it out. They got powerful blogging tools so you can share stories, photos, videos, and updates. And you'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. And this is not going to be news uh, to, to, to you out there, you, you flying monkeys, but uh, I'm a big fan of Squarespace and I actually use it and I actually do recommend it. Uh, what greater proof the, could I have than the fact that uh, Roderick on the Line has been hosted there? For over a decade, Jiminy Christmas. My personal sites are there. I used to use it for the Ungainly X Man meetup. I still really miss that. I still got the site. I'll take it out of Mothball someday. You know, if the, if the, if the, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a politically uh, correct term, but the fortune teller, you know, who took over Two Cats Comics, if they ever bounce and, you know, let's say a, another uh, a comic store opens at 320 West Portal Avenue. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. But in the meantime, I got Squarespace to keep me warm. Such a fan. So please, d- d- would you would you, would you, you do, do me a favor and you go to squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And I can promise you as I sit here right now, you can get a free trial and no credit card required. When you're ready to launch, use that extremely special offer code diffs. That's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Why don't, you, why don't you get a bunch? You know, it's 10%. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Squarespace.com slash diffs. Use that offer code diffs. You're going to get 10% off your first. I feel like I just said this, but 10% is enough of a percent where I think it's really valuable, you know, to go there. Squarespace.com slash diffs. And it shows your support for Lil John, little John Syracusa, who, you know, he's so proud. He, he keeps turning down my job offers and it, and it breaks my heart because I got a bunch of computer problems I could put him on. Squarespace.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. So you got, I mean, until universal control came along, I I was a right doc man. And now I'm back to being a bottom doc man because it was very confusing, universal controlling. You don't use universal. I'm guessing you don't use that a lot, right? I use it
1: accidentally sometimes. Well, when we, all do, we all do that. Setup.
0: No, I and mean, then, like you know, the cursor goes to the edge of the screen, and I see it bulging on my iPad. I'm like, God, oh, I, didn't I mean would, to do that. I would like to be able to set. So I would like to be able to have some input on the tolerance for that because there's a lot of maybe, maybe this is just an old bad habit, but I have gotten in the habit. You know, there's that thing you introduce where you shake it real hard, and the and the cursor gets big. My thing is, I just, I just go whoop 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 whoop. That's the sound of me like like scooting the cursor around and like sometimes it will fly off onto the universal control other screen but then like, i have to get it back and then it catches on an edge you know because they're not exactly aligned and like that i know that's the kind of thing that drives you crazy drives me a little bit crazy i genuinely love universal control and use it all day long the entire time i'm here at the office i got three screens that i'm moving between and i love it love it love it so anyway just to get to this though i mean so i wanted to talk about switch glass If you're interested interested in it, I would like some of your hot tips. You can talk as much or as little as you would like about it. But um, I guess what really caught my interest, because I'll buy what you put out because I'm a fan, but uh, what caught my interest was your FAQs and what I started to But I added the stands to paper and never completely read the whole thing. Surprise, surprise. But the thing, it sounds like a critical part of Switch Glass is not just that you get this pile of icons doing stuff, but that also then different clicks mean different things. And I'm very intrigued by how you do that. And my gut is you probably combine this in interesting ways that would be useful for me and our listeners to know about. So tell me anything you want about switch class, which what, what do you want to start with? Have you talked to, uh, have you talked a lot about how, where it came from?
1: Yeah, I think I had a post about it a while back. So
0: you know then, what, no, this is it's every day. Somebody's born who's never heard about switch class. Yeah. What, what was the itch that you wanted to scratch? Does this go back to drag thing? Like, what is it that, what was the itch you wanted to scratch by, uh, to create this app?
1: Yeah, so, uh, well, the first, I had two things here. One is yeah. that I've always wanted to make, like, a Mac app. Um, front and center was the, actually the, the first one that I worked on, but this was kind of around the same time. Um, but, like, what kind of app do you want to make? You think that's, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I always want to write a book, but what should I write about like right. that's not a great place to start because just like, so you just want to write a book, but you don't actually have once, anything to say. I mean, Once again,
0: I mean, it's, it's the only one worse probably is I want to get married. Now I just need to find somebody. To yeah,
1: exactly. Right. So, yeah. but, but anyway, like it's a little bit different because I was just interested in, you know, so I needed some kind of like uh, toy project and front and center and switch glass for those things. And they kind of go hand in hand. Front and center is a faceless application that just changes how window layering works on the Mac. Uh, but switch glass actually has the UI that you can see. Uh, and the UI that it has is something that I've had on my Mac since i don't know mac os 8.5 maybe um the Macintosh operating system in the pre mac os 10 days um used to have a thing where you could take the uh it's like the application menu at the upper right of, of the menu bar was like a list of your running applications mm-hmm. as a pull down menu but you could also get a floating palette of your running applications and that floating palette would have
0: little 16 by 16 icons this is this is part of like uh i mean i feel like there's apps like this that go back so 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 far in the history of max and include stuff in some ways like being able to like take a folder and have it you know go down into your dock and the, there's just all these different things that were the nexus of applications in the finder and your way fi- the way finding in general the getting around and like we used to have so many options for that and now there are so many fewer options for all of that well, I mean, so the thing, the application switcher palette thingy,
1: whatever, is actually, I always think of it, though well, that was really late in the history of macOS, but macOS 8.5 was not late in the history of macOS. That's,
0: that's uh, where it had the little here. nubbins, the little grabby texture yeah, thumbs on exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: And once that came out, I, I changed it to be icons only, and it would just show the 16 by 16 icons. You could have the app names next to it or not, and I chose not. And so all I'd have was a bunch of little 16 by 16 tiles with just tiny little icons of all the running applications and I would jam that thing in the upper right-hand corner of my screen and, and it would be going down uh, the right side of the screen starting in the upper right corner, right? That mm-hmm. was part of the OS. Um, DragThing was an application that was made in the classic Mac OS days as well. They would let you have just arbitrary palettes of stuff anywhere on your screen. One of the palettes you could have in Drag DragThing was a process palette. It would just show an icon for every running application. And very much like the one that came with the operating system, but you could customize it with different backgrounds and sizes and blah, blah, blah. You could also have other drag thing docs with like folders on them and all, you, you know, it was, it was mm-hmm. a very complicated application. Mac OS 10 came drag out. Thing,
0: and- well, well, am I confusing my conflating these? Cause I, I, I've, I've used many of these over the years and it's been a long time since I used any, but wasn't there one we had like a notional shelf? I remember you could do that in pathfinder, the finder replacement, but what was that part of drag thing Two Was like a notional shelf where you could stack stuff? I think Probably you could
1: not. have drag thing pallets or whatever they were called that would like slide out when you hit a screen edge and then put stuff mm. on them. It okay. could actually be like a shelf. There were other utilities that were more shelf-like. But, but, but
0: straight up, this is this is wordless icons hanging out in your upper right-hand corner, right, that enable yep. you to mainly drag things onto it. Or you click them to switch to that application. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you could also
1: drag things onto it, right? So when Mac OS 10 came out, obviously they have the dock. And dock is, looks kind of like that. It does have icons for all your running applications in it. And you can put it on different screen edges. And back in the early days of macOS Ten, you could pin it to the end. So you could put the dock on the right side of your screen pinned to the top. So it would grow downward from the upper right corner. Can't do that you can, anymore. I think,
0: well, really, you can't even fake that with Cocktail or Onyx or anything?
1: No, no, they took out that
0: feature a while ago. Because sometimes um, there's there's things like that that you can still do. Yeah, it
1: was it, you you were always able to do it. It was like defaults, right? Blah blah blah. It was like pinning, doc pinning, right? But mm. they removed they actually removed the code that does that years, years ago, so you can't can't actually do that anymore, right? But the doc looks like a, a lot like a you know the process palette or whatever, right? But uh, it wasn't exactly the same because you know there's other stuff in the dock. You can have applications that aren't running in the dock, right? Just icons that don't have the little dot under them. You can have folders and files in the right side of the dock, and of course the trash is there as well.
0: Um, you can have, you can have it be, I mean, just one of the most obvious ones that I don't know is well, one obvious, but it may not be obvious to people that you can, there's a right, if you right click or whatever, control click on it, you can say like, keep this in doc, don't keep this in doc, right? A, a way of like having apps that are there or not there that are open or not open folders and not folders, favorites. When you click on the folder, how do you want the contents to be presented and all that kind of stuff? Yep. And you can put files down there as well. Um, Mm-hmm. So when Mac OS X came out... Uh, I have th- got uh, sh- just put a shortcut down there not long ago,
1: which yeah. is kind of, a I think, a fun use for a, the dock. Yeah, James Thompson, author of uh P-Calc and Drag Thing and many other things, he ported Drag Thing to Mac OS X. And so what I did in Mac OS X is I had the dock, but I also had some Drag Thing palettes. One of my Drag Thing palettes was the replacement of the thing you just referred to. In classic Mac OS, you could take a finder window and drag it to the bottom of the screen and it would turn into a little tab. Mm-hmm. And, is and, that
0: different from window shade? Window shade was yes, just... Th- that's, okay, that is different yeah. than
1: window shade. Okay. Windowshed would just roll up the window into the title bar. Um, but yeah, pop up tab folders, you'd drag it to the bottom. Anyway, I used to have those in class at Mac OS. X. They didn't come to Mac OS 10, but if you had Drag Thing, you could just set up a, a little palette with a bunch of folders on it. And, and they, it was just like a little miniature dock with just folders. So I have that. And also, I use Drag Thing to make a process dock, and I put that in my upper right hand corner. And so I'd run Mac OS 10. I would have to, my actual dock on the bottom, like the Apple dock on the bottom. And in the lower right-hand corner, I would have my drag thing dock with a bunch of folders on it. And then the upper right-hand corner, I have my drag thing process switcher. Uh, and I ran like that for years. But drag thing was written in, for classic Mac OS. Got a regular cockpit going on here. You know? Yeah. And, and yeah. eventually, uh, the Carbon API that it used uh, didn't make a transition to 64-bit. And James Thompson didn't want to rewrite the whole thing. So drag thing died. Hmm. so now i now i'm i'm left i've <laughs> so been, <it> goes <laughs> yeah since from like mac os 8.5 or whatever up until whenever 64-bit carbon died like i'd spent all those years being used to that setup that i just described mm-hmm. uh, and when drag thing went away i was like well that's maybe that's a small app i can make i'm not going to rewrite drag thing DragThing drag thing is super complicated it had a lot, tons of features you can make all sorts of palettes and stick them all over the place and they could do all sorts of different things i, I figured let me just do the easy part I just want the process doc, a thing that shows me an icon for every running application that I can stick in the upper right-hand corner of my screen. So that's what I did. I wrote that, I used SwiftUI to do it because I'm interested in SwiftUI and we talk about it on ATP a lot. Uh, and it's the future of development for Apple's platforms. Um, and, uh, you know, and I wanted to make it all customizable and fun and make it look cool and did all the did all the little fun things that you would do, make it all transparent, you can pick how it looks, you can pick the size of the icons It live resizes, it does all these, you know, interesting things, right? But it's really just a tiny toy application so i did that i put it up on the mac app store uh and you know it's just and a fun way to for me to learn mac development and make a very small amount of money uh over the course of doing that um and that's what i did but i've you know and it, it scratched my itch like you know as i say in the fact like why would anybody want this like every <laughs> one of those icons that's in there it's also in the dock why do i want to have the same icon at two different places well if you're like me you have a, an a, a habit built up over many, many years of constantly throwing your cursor into the upper right-hand corner to click on an application and switch. And I am like, why would you go there? Why wouldn't you just go to the dock? Or why don't you just put your dock on the right side screen? I am like, I don't know. It's just a habit. It's here's just everybody, a, hey, here's
0: everybody's project for 2022. Stop beginning sentences with why don't you just. Um, that makes a ton of sense. Absolutely does. One of the things is why don't you just break that habit, right? And yeah, some of the habits that did break.
1: I tried to break as many as I could to, you know, go with the flow here. So I don't have pop-up tab folders anymore. I don't have a drag cling dock with folders in it. I move them into those folders into the actual dock. Um, but the process switcher in the upper right, I still think is useful. Um, what, I mean, if you have to give a justification for it, I would say it's because the dock just does a bunch of other stuff. I do have icons in the dock of applications that are not currently running because I kind of use it as a launcher, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, i do have a bunch of folders do you do, you in the do
0: dock. um just i i know it doesn't matter but for a doc do you do bottom center standard on
1: point? my big monitor here i use bottom i, okay. I use bottom and everything except for a laptop with a tiny screen and then I use right mm-hmm. um and you know so i've got a bunch of folders in the dock and of course the trash can is the dock whereas the process switcher just has running processes. doesn't have anything else there's no other stuff junking it up there and i find that clarifying and useful and it's just something i uh, you know i want to have so i wrote it uh, but what did i do in version two it's like how is there a version two of this application once you do it you're done And by the way <laughs> sw- switch switch glass you can move all over the screen you can have it and you can have it pinned to various edges you can have it top bottom right left and you know pinned in different sizes and different colors and all you know you can customize it in a ridiculous degree it's very stupid you can change the padding and the margin on everything you can change the highlight color you can is that all, is that all in the gui yes it's all in the GUI. it's 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 overdone it's silly and it's overdone but it's but not it's,
0: i'm just trying to clarify it's not a secret list thing or anything like that.
1: nope nope there's if you just go to the mac app store and, and search for switch Glass, you will see the main screenshot is basically the the appearance settings window and you will see all that and you could change the the corner style to be square corners or circles oh, or squircle squircle it's, so it's a
0: squircle squircle
1: yeah it's it's, it's a very silly application but I, I had fun making it right so what did I do for version two? Like, how is there a version two of this application? Because I let version one be out there for a year or two. You know, I mean, people don't really buy it that much. I tried to price it, as I said, in at ATB when I first put it out. I tried I to price this. <laughs> it to keep away the looky-loos, right? Yeah. I wanted, I didn't want someone to accidentally buy this. Oh, $0.99, cents, I'll give it a try. And then you can't, afford
0: their, you can't afford their loyalty.
1: Yeah, and then they complained to me. Hey, I bought your thing for $0.99. Cents. I don't know what the heck this does. What is it? Like yeah. a, a dock that's worse than the dock? I don't want this. Refund. So I priced it so that no one's going to accidentally buy it on a whim. I priced it at five whole dollars, which is way too expensive for anyone to accidentally buy it. The only people who are going to buy this app for $5 are people who actually know what it is, know of me, heard it on my podcast, or like, I am yeah. artificially limiting the customers to people who... Yeah,
0: you don't have to explain to me. I, I I, mean, I know you're explaining to the audience. I completely understand, and I feel very much the same way. It's, it's like, I, I feel that way about a bunch of stuff, and I wish more people felt that way about a bunch more things, which is like, if you want this get it but like you're not buying access to my brain when you get software like you're not gonna you're not gonna get me like holding your hand to explain why you bought this
1: yeah and if if i made it 99 cents people could have impulse bought it because no one reads the descriptions i wrote this big long description describing what it is but it's hard to you know hard to know what it is just reading a description even right so i wanted to make it so that no one's going to just you know accidentally buy it and if i had made it free oh no if i had made it free a million people would be like i bought this and i don't know what it does and i don't like it and could you make it do this instead and blah 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 and it's like no like this isn't this is john john when are you gonna make it for windows (laughs) this is just for my personal itch and i try to do a good job on it and i you know some other people may enjoy it but anyway um Mm -hmm. so for version two there was one feature that my most requested feature for my users that i thought you know what This feature is going to be a pain to do, but I think I would actually use it as well. And so this app being, Hmm. you know, a scratcher for me, I figured I should implement it because I think uh, basically I thought of it like if I wasn't the developer of this and the developer of it added this feature, I would use it. Uh, And that feature is the ability to reorder things. Right. So I had i had always had sort orders. We could sort them by name or by launch order and reverse that, blah, blah, blah. Um, But what if you just want to manually drag stuff around and set an order like you can in the dock, like you can take icons in the dock and put them wherever you want, like for the icons that you keep there or even running applications, you can drag them elsewhere. It's actually a fairly difficult and complicated feature to implement. Not well, tech wise for me, it is because I'm a very novice Mac developer.
0: Wasn't this wasn't this your the bet noir that you were facing when you were having trouble with like drag targets?
1: There's a bunch of Swift UI stuff that has to do with drag targets. That's a pain in the butt. Um, some of it is that I'm a beginner Mac programmer, but some of it is just Swift UI is young. Uh but even before mm. reordering, like even like in version one, you can drag things onto these icons. Like you could, you know, drag a file onto BB edit to open it in BB Edit, right? Yeah. Even implementing that with Swift UI, especially in the very early days of Swift UI, was a little bit janky. Uh it's not as straightforward as you would think. Um, so that was difficult. But then the drag reordering. I just couldn't figure out how to do it in 1.0. So I, I bailed on it. And when I was going to start making 2.0, I'm like, well, let's see. Swift UI should have matured by now. Let me see if I can uh, do this. And it turns out I could. Unfortunately, I had to bump the minimum OS version up to Mac OS 12. It used to be like 10.15 was the minimum version. Oh. To be able to do drag reordering. What's the, what's the magic key for dragging? Is it, it's not command? What is it? Uh, well, so, All right. So this is the this is the difficulty. Of, sorry. Uh, I'm
0: getting ahead of the class. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so the real difficult thing about this feature is not the tech part, but like the UI. How do you provide access to this feature in a way that people will not accidentally do it? And then how should this feature work? Like if you think about it for more than a few seconds, you realize it's not straightforward, right? Because think about the dock. When you drag crap around on the dock, not that I'm going to say it's easy, but the user interface wise, there is a, I, I mean, if you had to describe it, how does dragging stuff
0: around on the dock work? Well, I'm confusing it in my head with moving menu items, because I guess in my head I'm thinking eh, with menu items, you can, if they're not system like fixed, et cetera, et cetera, you can command drag. Um, I feel like I would command drag. Yeah, command drag uh, seems. No, it opened that. Uh, no, I guess you just grab it and drag, looks like. Yeah, but what does that do? What does it do when you drag something? Uh, it makes it grabbable. And there's a slight change in the way that it looks to show you that it's kind of doing its own thing. And then you drag it from right to left to the place you'd like it to be. And it displaces what's um, underneath it uh, to, to, or, you know, between two things to like, I think. Yeah,
1: but what, is, what does it mean semantically when you drag it somewhere?
0: I don't know. You're moving the location of the icon.
1: Well, so here, <laughs> I mean, this is what happens when you have to import this stuff, right? So in the doc, whether people know this or not, if you take an icon of a running application, a and I would just like to correct myself, it. it
0: does not, it does not do that iPhone thing of like, it doesn't actually show you where you're, it doesn't show movement where you're dropping it. So I take that back. Go ahead.
1: If you take an icon of something of a running application that's in the deck, mm-hmm. let, me, let me just see if I can bring one up here. To
0: I'm doing it right now. I'm moving, dr- I got drafts, I'm moving it around. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. It moves them around if you're on the left side of the pipe. You know, it's if you're on the right side of the pipe for the actually like running apps, I guess. No, uh, you're missing. The
1: important thing is if you like launch an application that you're not currently running.
0: Okay. Like
1: it go into your applications folder and find one and launch it.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to open spring dot app. Did bounce, that just bounce, appear bounce. in your dock? Did the spring dot yes. app icon just appear in your dock? Grab mm-hmm. that. Now that it's running, grab that and stick it somewhere else. Uh Oh, well, when I clicked on it to grab it, I got the. What I normally would think to get with the control click menu, which is that it shows me the stuff that it can do.
1: No, no, no. Grab it, grab it, grab spring and stick it somewhere in your dock. Oh, I just
0: grabbed it fast. I grabbed it fast and that worked.
1: And stick it somewhere in your dock. Okay, good.
0: Done. All right. Right. Done. Yeah, yeah.
1: Now, uh, just, you know, go to spring and just quit it.
0: Uh, Okay. Quit. Look down in your dock. Yeah. Yeah, cruft. Do you see spring? Yeah, of course I do. That's why I But it's not running now, is it? It's not.
1: I don't know how it decides. Was it in your dock before? It was not. All right. So here's here's one of the ways the dock works. If you take a running application that was not in your dock
0: before and you move it anywhere, it's as if you had said keep this in my dock. Well, I th- I would say not to sound contradictory, I think that's exactly what they're saying. I think what they're saying is when you drag this over here, and I don't know what yours is like, but for me I got stuff that opened on its own onto the right of this pipe thing. Like all the way to the right, I got my trash in my folders. There's a there's a moving right to left. Do you,
1: do you have the re, the recent applications thing visible? That's a preference in doc
0: settings. Um, I don't know. Uh I click on a pipe, I right click, and I say doc settings, and I click, and I've got would that that show would be, recent applications in doc as a little toggle switch, you probably have it on. I probably do. Show yes, I do. It is radio buttoned on. Yep.
1: So that's another region doc.
0: But anyway. If you grab it, like what I'm saying is if,
1: if you launch an app that wasn't in the dock, of course, it appears in the dock. Then if you grab it and move it anywhere,
0: yeah, it's it's going to stay in the dock after you quit it. You right? t- Well, you're telling it, I want that here. Like I've interacted with this, so assume that I want this right. to live here now, which is the similar to what is it like keep in dock, right?
1: Exactly, okay. That makes the job of drag and drop in terms of the UI uh, for the dock a lot easier because what it means is when you rearrange things, mm-hmm. there's no guesswork. Wherever you put it, the, nothing has to happen, right? Like when you quit that app, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays where you put it, right? Mhm. Um and if you launch a new application, it always appears at the the right or the you know, the end, right? If you just la- keep launching applications, where are the icons going to appear? They're going to appear at like the at the end, like in the, in the recent section if you have that visible, but if you don't, it'll, they'll just appear at the end, right? Yeah. So the order of stuff and then so Whatever you do with the dock, you you launch a bunch of stuff, you rearrange a bunch of stuff, and you quit a bunch of stuff. When you quit stuff, first of all, you know the only icons that will ever disappear from the dock are the ones you told it not to stay there, and they're all going to be on the right-hand side, right? Mm -hmm. And they'll disappear, right? And when you log out and back in, you know, you'll see all the icons in the order you put them, except for the ones that you didn't rearrange, right? Mm -hmm. The secret is that the dock contains both running applications and non-running applications, and that makes reordering way easier, because... Let's say you just go into Finder. Nothing is running except for the Finder. But oh, all because no matter where,
0: still- no matter where you, no matter so if well to be movable. If I'm following your logic here, to be movable in your uh, in Switch Glass, it needs to be open. But to be open also means that there's no really that sense of there there. Like where where is there when I when I drag it up to the second position exactly so now in switch class you're sorted by date added or you're sorted by name yeah yeah Yeah. so switch class only shows running applications
1: so if you grab if you launch spring like you did before and drag Mm -hmm. it somewhere and then you quit spring Mm -hmm. what the hell did you do when you launch spring the next time where should it appear because when you quit spring it disappears so when you if you were to launch it again where should it appear again
0: yeah now i get it right that's, now let's that's say, tricky. You, you, uh-huh. launch, you
1: launch Spring, you drag it to position number two, you quit Spring, then you log out and restart your computer, come back in, you launch 50 new applications, then you launch Spring. Where the hell should Spring appear then? Yeah, there's no there there. There's no there's no. It's a complicated context. UI problem because, because mm-hmm. unlike the doc, you can't just have people say, well, when you drag it, it's just going to stay there. Because it's not going to stay there. Because when you quit the app, it's always going to disappear.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: going to be like, well, wait, I put that in position number two, but now it's gone. Where is it supposed to be? So... I had to come up with a UI to let people get what they wanted. But just like, for example, a thing that someone might want, I always want finder at the top. Right. Maybe that's a thing a user might want. Right. So I have to let people be able to do that. Someone might say.
0: Right. Like I, I do. I do like I even though I, I don't consider myself anything approaching a, a power user of the dock, I'm barely a user at all. I do like the finders always on the far left. This mm-hmm. is centered at the bottom. I, I do like the finders always on the far left and the trash is always on the far right.
1: Yeah. And some people might say, I always want to have Xcode at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what if somebody says, actually, Vert- I, want vertically, the, I, yeah. I want the top three icons to be finder, Safari and BB edit all the time. And that, now when people say that, they think oh, that's easy. Just do that. Right. But what I would say is, okay, but what if you're not running Safari?
0: I mean, like, there was a time in my life uh, before I understood how dumb an idea like this was where I would say, well, maybe one way to do this is why don't we launch every app you've got? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have all the apps launch, set an order you like, but then, of course, immediately you come back and you say, well, okay, well, what if you get a new app? Where does it go? There's no, when I I keep repeating that same phrase, John, that there's no there there. But there is no coordinate that isn't relative to another relative coordinate there's no you know what i mean there's there is not like a combination of latitude and longitude let you know let let alone that it would always be something like you could quick do a quick keys macro for always click here obviously you couldn't do that but i i get what you're saying and that is absolutely not obvious from looking at it
1: Uh, by the way can you do about switch glass from the switch glass menu in your menu bar please
0: from go to the menu item yeah let's see what are you I don't have my glasses on. There's a little square with a diamond in it. Oh, yeah. Give me a second. Stand by. I'm here. Uh, is that it?
1: Yeah, about Switch Glass. Yep. Can you tell me the build number in parentheses?
0: 542.
1: Can you please update Switch Glass from
0: the App Store? Yes. <laughs> well, it's... Uh, wait. wait, it's, But it's still... It's 202, but a different build? Yeah, no. It's, you're behind. Just
1: go to the App Store. You're do behind. It, you put that. put in that, uh, that uh, girl from Ebonema waiting music here while you do
0: mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, is this recent? Oh shit. <laughs> it's certainly. <not. laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does this technically count as research if you ch- updated the build for tonight's show? Purely coincidental timing. You wish. Okay, updating. I'm clicking. Please close this app to update. I'm clicking continue. It's turning switch glass, switch glass, and I'm clicking open and okay, I'm there. Please go to the about menu again. Tell me what oh number you see. Oh my god. It's just Two of Hearts. That's weird. uh Five, eight, one. Okay, all right. uh reason. Oh, Brad Ellis. He say he's a good man. Brad, Brad. Brad's a good guy. Yeah. So here's what I came up with. For, yeah, he talks faster than I do. Were you aware of that? I was not aware of that. Uh huh.
1: Here's what I came up with, with uh, for a system for letting people letting people get what they want, which is I gave some examples of things they wanted. I want always is this to be first, this to be second. I want these to be the top three. I tried to be even more flexible than that while still having a system that has some kind of chance of being sensible. A small <laughs> chance, I will admit. But This uh, is hey, this customized is order, dot, dot, dot. This is an application for nerds. So please go to the Switch Class menu and select Appearance.
0: Uh, okay, Switch glass menu and click Appearance. All right. Oh, look at all those under there. See, I just cut. everything's all hidden by bartender so much of the time. Yeah, I'm in there, bud. I'm in the, okay. I'm in your Switch Class. I'm seeing your squirkle. It's all okay, here. There you
1: go. Uh, see the button at the bottom of Appearance says Customize yes, Order? Yes, Customize
0: Order, dot, dot, dot. Yes. Can you click that? oh modal so basically i just hit the i key <laughs> i can move these around and then when i'm done i hit the escape key which right, so, is done so grab oh, wait fi- a minute wait a minute what's the little what's the little three
1: mean what that can mean you, can you grab finder and stick it on the top uh, please uh,
0: yes oh look at that
1: so now you've got now, finder now finder
0: says one little happy face says one on it
1: yeah all right huh. uh can now can you pick a, an application that you want to be at the bottom and drag it all the way to the bottom
0: yeah it says two of hearts okay i'll grab um launch bar i'll put that all the way down to the bottom okay and, and now, now that says what, 10 hey look right, at that can you right click
1: that one you put at the bottom please
0: um clicking on the bottom most icon which is launch bar right uh, got it yeah select. go look at the position sub menu yep yep yep, yep. It <gasps> should say custom now pick Ooh, from top or from instead of the opposite of whatever i have yes i'll say i'll this. click from top to bottom or from from bottom yeah Oh oh! Wait a minute! Oh boy, we got a system here now. My number on launch bar has changed from a black background ten to a white background one.
1: And that now that is one starting counting from the end. See what I'm saying here? So, so the system I come up hmm. with is you don't there start are with n- zero. There are no no. There are numbered hmm. slots that you that are counted from the top or counted from the bottom. Oh man! And what okay. you're doing is reserving this slot. So right now, slot number one is reserved for Finder, like a Taylor and- Swift uh, lottery yeah now uh let's see let's see i changed that
0: right click that one on the bottom try a different one so if i right right click
1: right click launch bar again and change it to be from top instead because i want to show you another wrinkle for this all right so
0: right now it says number nine because i moved it once this is number nine from this is a black nine yeah yeah oh yeah yeah bring it bring it down so it's 10 again to the bottom. I'm clicking. I'm dragging. Put that below App Store. Yep. Got it. Number 10 with a black background.
1: Okay. Now hit
0: done customizing order because you're done. Okay.
1: Done. All right. Hmm. Now, what I want you to do is quit two
0: applications, not Skype and not Audio Hijack. <laughs> okay. I'm going to quit MV Alt and I'm going to quit 1Password.
1: Okay. Now, now we see the problem here. If don't do this yet, but if you were to hit customize order now, what we want to see is
0: Finder in reserve slot number one, and we want to see Launch Bar in reserve slot number ten. I'm not going to do it, but if I hit customize order dot dot dot, do I get my I get the numbers back for the ones that are anchored somewhere? Right, but what you just put Launch Bar in slot number ten, right?
1: Well, what ten of what? You don't even it's like Michael Stipe says, John. It's like it's
0: just like Michael Stipe. Yeah,
1: like where you don't even have ten icons. No, what does it even mean? So where hmm. the heck launch bar is still at the bottom, right? Because that's what you said. You want it to correct. be pinned to the fir- First yes. counting from the bottom. But when you go back into reorder mode, what the heck number is going to be on launch bar?
0: Hmm. Let's see. That's a good question. And I'm guessing here, right? <clears throat> I haven't clicked it. Um I mean, so just think of it, you're implementing the app. What would you do? I think it's still gonna say I think it's still gonna say 10 for historical reasons. All right, well, so click click the button and see what you get. All right, customize order dot dot dot. <laughs> it, uh, oh john that's clever first of all i got lucky um it is still number 10 but what it's done is it's added it appears to have added two gray um what i'll call i guess placeholders or, mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever you would call it to like uh, shims you don't have to yeah. have their shims like like here's where where those apps here's where apps would be and that's how we get 10
1: right because what i'm trying to maintain is stability of slots if you set slot number 10 it's going to be in slot number 10 that is the
0: slot that's reserved i can't right think off. of a better way to do it but and it's I it's <laughs> a
1: ridiculously complicated ui that is not obvious in any way but is it is explainable and yeah. once you learn it i hope it makes some sense and it gives you but it's, it continues a lot to scratch
0: your itch of you got a place to drag things and i still want to talk about clicks and stuff but so right now we're looking what we're looking at here though in this two-point Oh two or whatever is like your, your, your users ask you for a way to reposition them. You said, that's, that's fine. As a scratch your itch ad app, you probably did not feel the need to just bloat it and stuff it and shovel it full of everything anybody could ever want, but enough people wanted this. This continues to, to scratch your itch though. Right. Do you, do you you've always any app you have that's open will appear here and that's even if you command h it even if you hide it it'll mm-hmm. still appear here well there's some some caveats I'll get to in a little bit but
1: yeah for the most part
0: but it's a run it's a run if it's a running app on your mac it should appear there and now you get so i understand how you pin position 1 i understand how you pin position 10 so position In this case, seven. I'm sorry, you guys, this would be so much easier if you could see this. But so above 10, launch bar and the black background 10, 50 slick back black hair wigs. 10 with a black background is on the launch bar. I get two shim app, gray fuzzy outlines, and then I get App Store. Now, if I want App Store to stay, stay there, I can move it around and then it gets a number. You can also just right click it and say order
1: position custom, right? So And then
0: the shims disappear and we go back to before. But this is this is helping sort of jog your memory about like where you said you wanted this before. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is that silly? Isn't that kind of part of it? It's like even though not everything, you don't have enough stuff in here to replicate what you asked for before. That would be weird. So I need to just give you a rough idea of like where you told me you want this. Does this look right to you? Click to save.
1: Yeah. And there are tons of edge cases that I hope most people won't run into, but that you can. So, for example, uh, if you if you did fixed positions for like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, right Mm -hmm. from the top and then you tried to also do fixed positions uh, like I also want, you know, those are one through nine from the top, but I also want something to be at
0: position seven from the bottom. Which would have worked fine before when there were twenty items open, but now doesn't make sense. But now they overlap, right? So if you That's start I'm counting, saying, from, yeah. if you
1: start counting from the top and start counting from the bottom, you will run into each other. You'll meet, yes. you'll meet in the middle, and, run, and so there's no way to resolve that. You can't accurately number. You can't have two icons in the same spot, and you can't accurately number them in that case. In which case, you just have to come with up with a prior with an algorithm. that Says here's how I lay them out. First, I lay them out from the top, and then I lay them out from the bottom. And if the ones in the bottom interfere with the ones on the top, I jam them in there, and the numbers will be off then if you count right. But mm-hmm. there's no other way to do that. Now, what I would say is don't do that. It's silly. But if you want to, you can, and it will work. <laughs> It'll just work in a way that may not fit in your brain.
0: It really, it just depends so much on how you're going to use this because the dock. it strikes me anyway, that the dock and its difference in what lives there is more conducive to causing yourself to, to develop muscle memory. You get muscle memory for a certain spot. There is no certain spot here because that's not what it's for unless you reserve the slot for it but that still doesn't mean it's always gonna you're not gonna get these gray shims after Right, but, that, but
1: that's why I came up well so that's why a numbering for the bottom is a, a soccer bet, unless you really just care about the, the bottom couple but like that's why mm-hmm. I did the reserve slot if you put Safari in slot two the one that's in and you don't reserve slot one, Whatever random app it happens to be in slot one, it doesn't matter. Safari will always get slot two. Safari won't slide up and take one. It'll always take slot two and then some other app that's running will be in slot one, right?
0: Okay, yeah. So you could yeah, quit
1: yeah. and launch apps all day long. Safari's staying there in slot two and some other one is jumping into slot one all the time, right? The, what I'm trying to build is muscle memory to say, if you just want to know Safari's always in slot two, you shouldn't care what else is running. Uh, it's you know Finder's obviously always running so if you put you know but let's say finder wasn't pinned to number one
0: right well i mean but like going by uh, starting with this precept that like well this is what people ask for right yeah the, what they asked for was fairly specific they want this to always be in this spot and you're enabling that to the best of your ability without <laughs> having to run dummy app, app, uh, apps in the background the apps that are open will always be in this yeah.
1: order and and you don't have your computer glasses on apparently, but did you notice when you go into reorder mode that the I made the icons wiggle like they do Yeah, I'm the
0: noticing phone? them right now. You didn't tell me to undo. So I'm trying to do what Simon says. Should I hit done, customizing order? Yeah, and that was another thing of like, so with modal crap like this, how do mm-hmm. you get
1: into the mode and how do you get out of it? So I had to be- Yeah, if I go and click something else, like if I click on audio hijack, yep, 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 it got me out. Yeah, so I had to make it so you can't get stuck in that mode. So basically if you click literally any other, any other application, it stops the mode. Also, if you cl- <laughs> single click, if you single left click anywhere on the app switcher, it also stops the mode because people I might feel just like, like you
0: talked about this when you were compla- complaining when you were talking about how frustrating it was to to get the drag because it was drag targets that were driving you crazy. Right. Wasn't that yeah, the thing there's, on there's ATP a, like two months ago? There's a bunch
1: of drag stuff. That's I don't want to get the technical details, but it's super annoying. Sandboxing in the Mac App Store make a lot of this way harder than it has. Sandboxing is the reason I can't have quit in the right click menu. John, like, I, why, why can't you right click and quit something you can do it in the dock because sandboxing doesn't i can do it I
0: wrote the code for it it works perfectly fine John, John my my my, 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 my fairly slash very new laptop when i can't enable extensions on it because I guess maybe the because the bait is on it but like i when I started up it just like practically grinds to a halt there's so many things where you can accidentally lock yourself into or out of things like that thing about moving the cursor around there's 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 mm-hmm. so many ways that i, I can't imagine I say that just in the service of sharing sympathy for, for what you're trying to do here, because, you know, on the one hand, something, you've heard me use that phrase, blah, blah, text. I don't know if you guys use, have used that on teams you've been on before, but that was our very disparaging term for if a piece of functionality was not clear and intuitive, and so few are, I, part of my job, my remit, was writing the blah, blah, text, because you really don't want to let the engineers write the blah, blah, text, because they'll either not write it at all or it'll be two paragraphs long, Right. So, like, you know what I mean? The kind of stuff you see, like, under a control in settings on iOS that says, you know, this thing does blah. And if you don't do blah, it does blah. And, and, and that kind of stuff. It's like, so you either have to, like, make this so impossibly, with an app like this, so difficult, make it so impossibly intuitive that both a power user and somebody who just likes you could figure it out. Or you just get in the habit of yelling to people about how they're holding it wrong. Right? It must be really frustrating
1: yeah you basically this one like this is not a mass market application so it just you know i, I give people who get it and care about this functionality will figure it out i just need it to be consistent and work now yeah. one more edge case to throw at you um okay. can you open dictionary like just the one that comes with the mac
0: mm-hmm.
1: nice little red icon yep. there with open. little letter a's on Got it Got it. okay um
0: i'm gonna kind of look up the word tranche that's a good word <laughs> so
1: I use dictionary because it launches real fast when I was testing this pretty crazy cool fast. Feature. Yeah. All right. You would think, uh, you know, so you would look at these icons. You're like, Hey, you're done. You did the functionality. You got the whole numbered thing. You can drag them around. They get numbers. You figured I see out right down there, John, everyone. I see a little red AA.
0: Yeah. yeah it's right down there. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: now if you would just be so kind as open terminal, cause we always got to, we're always going to be opening terminal. Yep. Uh, can you, uh, run this, this command and terminal yeah. for me, please. Uh, is there any
0: messages? Yeah. Um, Oh, I see. Yep. Um it, see now, John. I think can I can I report a bug? I, I got two of the dictionary icon in your in your glass now. <laughs> That's
1: not a bug. That's a feature, sir.
0: Uh oh wait, is it like Windows? No, wait, let me look, just look guess. Down, let me get I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch another to. one. I'm gonna launch another one and I got a third! <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> there are different processes. Look,
1: look down in your doc. Look down in your Apple doc.
0: Oh, there! Oh, it can't be a bug if it's an
1: Apple thing. Oh, let's do oh, one more. Just Mac OS X can run more than one instance of the same application. If you're an old school, am Mac am I running user, Windows
0: right now, John? No, no, no. The command <sighs> window. Is it window? Is that the one where you get open terminals in different places? Is that what I'm doing, John? Have I Excellent. did I just spin yeah. up an instance? Is that what I just did? I
1: mean this this is something that seems totally normal to Windows users, but for Mac users, you remember back in the day when you double click Mac Paint, I absol- right? I you can't double click. Do. Can't double yes. smack paint again. It would become grayed out in the
0: finder. Do you remember that when it was open? Oh no, it's 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 deeply confusing. I mean, I think something analogous to a young person today would be like: What would happen if you're on your iPhone listening to Spotify, and then you opened up Apple Music, and you could still hear Spotify, and then you opened up YouTube, and you could still hear Spotify and music? You'd be like, wait a minute! In the entire time I've used this, with a very few exceptions, there's only one music stream happening at a time. Like maybe your brown noise app will let you listen to brown noise while you're listening to something else, but that's pretty unusual. You get one and only one music thing happening at a time. And there's only one and one, like, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is the, the app is, can only be open once. And I have to tell you, John, that's part of what I honestly find a little bit confusing. Sorry, Casey, about both spaces and, um, stage manager. Yeah,
1: So, but but the OS does have this feature, and applications do sometimes use it.
0: You can have multiple windows inside of an app, John. Why can't you have multiple apps outside of a window? So,
1: uh, so I have to support it. Okay, but now, if you were to open up that appearance window and go into reorder mode, now what
0: the hell happens? Okay, I click on customize order dot dot dot. Oh, it collapsed all of them, John. It I lost has like f- to, because well, I lost uh, like if four you were of to them.
1: drag one dictionary to position two and the other dictionary to position five, what the hell does that mean? How's it, How does it know who wins? First one launched? Well, see, here's the thing. When you're reordering stuff around there, what are you reordering? Are you reordering instances (laughs) of running applications? You can't be. Because every time you launch an application, there's a new instance. So if you put put like Safari in slot two and you quit Safari and you launch Safari, it's a whole new instance. So it wouldn't be in slot two, right? Mm. So what i what i this system that God, came i wouldn't be able is, to get to
0: sleep at night if i was trying to figure this out this no honestly what you, what, this would this would trouble my sleep this is what programmers have to do this is user interface design well, and john to- just so you know i don't know if you've had a lot of philosophy classes but this is somewhere between like learning about the mandelbrot set and metaphysics like this is like you're trying to pick up the tweezers with the tweezers with this stuff <laughs> should i quit terminal yeah, so, yeah, so
1: go drag dictionary to like a slot
0: number. Put it, slot it in Oh, somewhere. sorry, I'm going back to customize order, dot, dot, dot. And now the the uh, the canonical A, I'm going to drag it up so that it's between third position, between NV alt and messages. Messages is four with a black background. Dictionary is three with a black background. And uh, should I do done and see what happens? Yep, go ahead. Hey, they're back. Whoa, John, you're so smart. Guess what happened? Well, the place where I dragged my icon, now all those other instances are are right yeah. up under it. So what you're ordering in the
1: slots is you're you're reserving slots for applicate for an application, like for the application,
0: like it's just that in this case that happens to be four four icons high. <laughs> exactly, and if you run four copies <laughs> really? of that application, <laughs> they all get slot okay. three or slot two or whatever. Huh? That's the way
1: I decided. This is to like come when
0: the, when the uh, when the um when, when we we're trying to get my boss to tell us which uh what the priority remember this story what the priority projects are and he said that one's number 1 we got to get the log cabin channel up that's number 1 and charles goes jay you the whole point of this is like we need to know what we can afford to not do right this second and he goes sorry jim he goes S- man they're all number 1 <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, to the dot com days. They're,
0: they're all number 3 or whatever they're slot you put them they're all number 3 uh huh yeah. uh huh Oh, yeah, that's like uh, Gail Sears used to say. Like, I am third, right? God first. Remember the guy who played for the Bears? You got, yeah, I am a uh, God. God is first. My family's second, and I am third. That was the name of his memoir, if memory serves. He was very good friends with Brian Piccolo from Brian's Song, played by James Caan, also known as Sonny Corleone. Brian's Song, yes. 70s movies. <sighs> my parents love that movie. love their cancer movies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so far, so good.
1: Yeah, so if you want to undo all that stuff, you can just right click them okay. and say position automatic and they'll go back and you can quit them all again, you can't quit them. You've done a good job, because
0: Apple doesn't let me. Because as usual, you've done a good job because you're John Syracuse and you're smart. You've done a good job of explaining some of the uh the really weird stuff about making this app and I'm glad you did that. Um There must the whole reason you need this is because you're not currently accommodated for what you would like to have using just the dock or something else. So you made this. Like, can you give the listeners and me an idea of like, how do I know when to use the doc versus, if you have advice, is there a way to, before we get into clicking and stuff, is there a way to know when I should be thinking about using the doc for this? There's some things where it's going to be identical. If I drag something onto BB edit in the doc and drag something into BB edit in switch glass, I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen in each, but so mm-hmm. there's some things where you would never in a million years think of using the doc. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go. It's your show.
1: Yeah, so that's another case where sandboxing screws me over here. Uh, it's not going to be the same. And you know why? Because Apple does not want to let third-party applications What's send... What's different? Ar- send it, 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 because Apple doesn't let sandboxed applications send Apple events to other applications. Oh. And one of the Apple events you have to send that application is, hey, open this thing for me. Right? Mm. I'm not allowed to send that Apple event to other
0: applications. Wait, so I can't... Let's see. So I'm going to open up my elements folder and... And by the way, (laughs) whenever you decide to accept the offer that I have not officially given you, I really need to figure out this graying out thing. I think I might be getting in the right direction. So I'm dragging the show notes for this episode. If I drag that down and mouse, and I'm going on my uh, my dock, and looks like it lights up in BB Edit. If I drag it over to BB Edit here, it does open. the The icon light up. Yeah, I was able to open it in BB Edit. Yeah. So here's the deal. It's it's Um, different. Something different's happening between those two.
1: To, to do what the doc does, because the doc lets you drag all sorts of crap onto applications, right? I, I will allow I you to I bet if drag... I dragged
0: like an MKV onto BB Edit, I bet it would like just show me code, right? Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I mean, I'm, I will, uh, what up. I'm allowed to do is if you drag a file or a folder or something that exists on the disk, I can pull that off because I can run a command like from the command, you know, not that I'm running for the command line, but I can say application open this file. That's not an apple event that's like a you know basically that has a call for that right okay mm-hmm. but if it's something else as you know as a long-time mac user you can do stuff like select a bunch of text and drag it onto applications
0: um well i i i i i the, yes i i mean i know that in the sense or the way that i would use that i mean i'm not it's not a debate over who knows what about what what i do know is if i'm in NVAlt. And there's a bunch of text I would like to be in VS Code, and VS Code is like the window right behind. I know I can grab that text, drag it in, et cetera. Well, VS Code is a bad example because it does lots of cool...
1: But you can also drag it onto VS Code's icon in the doc.
0: And does that create a new new document?
1: Yeah, but the whole point is when you're dragging a bunch of text, that's not a file. It doesn't exist in the file system. So you have to send, oh, what, you have to see, send an see, Apple event to to VS Code and say,
0: here, please, oh, please open this that gets kiboshed by sandbox yes stuff. and sandboxing doesn't oh, that's you do crummy that. man that's really crummy it sucks no good. right so I. yeah it, it does suck and it seems like and i'm not usually this particular guy but it seems really unmac like
1: well, it's because app because the, the permission that you need to do that is like to send Apple events and Apple events can do all sorts of stuff. So you like one so application- be, like giving the keys
0: to the kingdom too. Yeah,
1: like you send Apple events to mail and make you send mail that you never really sent or send Apple events to like region. Like, cause it's like, it's basically free for all Apple scripting. Once you can send Apple events back and forth to arbitrary applications, that's mm. why the Mac was for ages. But in this secure age, yes. the only way they had to close that door was to say, no, no, you can't send Apple events to arbitrary applications. Sorry. Now okay. there is an exception to this. If you really, really, really need to send an Apple event to another application that you didn't write, because if it's mm-hmm. your own applications, you can do all sorts of fun stuff. But like, if you want to send an application, an uh, Apple event
0: to another application, you can tell Apple and ask for permission for for a specific whoa, 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 application. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you ask them for an indulgence to like, add you to the whitelist? You, you ask them for an indulgence,
1: what they call an entitlement, and you say, I want to send Apple I events see. to Edit." Please Apple, the company, or Apple, the Macintosh, you're using the whole company. You send it to the you send it to somebody at that. There's a place. Yeah, in the App Store. Okay, and you say I want to send Apple. That's uh, the BB Edit. Can I do that for my application? I'm trying and right they now. They say drag yes. It worked. It worked. I think you got entitled because I think it yeah, worked. I did, and so hey, I require, check your privilege, I, John. I'm so but, happy for you. But only for two applications that I asked for. I asked BB Edit. <laughs> it worked in BB Edit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I asked for BB <laughs> Edit because it's the one I use. Um, and, I asked, and I asked for text notes. edit. Oh, text edit. Oh, because that will cover, if we do that Marco style creepy thing, not, not the Marco's creepy, but the thing where you can go, well, 3% of people use this. By the way, Marco, I use your site, you jerk. I'm the, <laughs> I, I am the 0.01% title. Um, but because uh, that's going to cover a butt ton of John Syracuse enthusiasts. Like a bunch of people are going to use BB Edit, and then some. Are you able to see this in your stats? Oh no, I don't get, get, uh, gather you any don't, stats. You don't and, get. You don't get that.
1: No, I don't have okay. any kind of stats gathering. And I didn't pick these based on anything other than apps that I use. <laughs> Sorry, um, TextEdit is a very capable but, app. But as you can imagine, this is not a scalable solution. I can't ask Apple's permission for every single app. Eventually, they're going to start saying no. And I don't know what apps will be invented in the future. So that sucks.
0: Well, that's like taking a driving class where you're expected to be able to write down all the left turns you'll take in the future. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that's kind of crap.
1: But anyway, uh, in terms of uh, when to use this, one of the reasons people use this app and one of the features that I, I, I built into it is that if you have multiple monitors on each individual monitor, you have you can have a different. you can be a different position different size
0: one mac one cpu multiple screens
1: yeah okay so on each screen there's purse these settings this appearance window
0: oh that's neat that seems like a lot of cool work you didn't have to do yeah there's one of them on each
1: screen and the reason i do that is because the dock is only on one screen at a time
0: right the doc can appear only on other screens. on, of end screens, you pick one that it appears on. And is that something, is that like when you used to drag, oh God, I used to hate this every time I do drag a presentation. Bar, yeah, yeah oh, I'm thinking about when you had to drag windows to try and get multiple monitors to work, you drag mm-hmm. like, here's where the one goes or whatever. Same still, there, it's still
1: in, it's still in Mac OS.
0: I I don't do talks anymore, thank God. But yeah. but in this instance, uh, that would show up in a similar, you know what, I'm just going to go look. Okay. John, computers are complicated, man. This yeah. is wild. So
1: so one of the Oof. things that people like it for is they have their dock on like their main screen, but yeah. they also want a little switcher on their auxiliary screen, because when you're on the auxiliary screen, the dock is far away. Now, if you jam your cursor to the yeah. bottom of the screen, if you have a dock on the bottom, you can make the dock appear on the other screen, but now the dock disappears from the screen where it was before. And sometimes no, people it. just yeah, want yeah. to have a little what, switcher. One and right? only one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the final thing is there is a setting in the settings menu, formerly known as preferences, it was a fun transition. Mm-hmm. Um, where you see where it says if you go to the the Switch Glass menu, go to Settings and go, see
0: the Show Apps pop up menu. Yeah, let's see here. Um, customize or wait. Um, so I'm in the Switch Glass uh, preferences settings. Right, you're on Ventura, right? Yeah. Oh, I should be in the System Settings app. Okay. No, yes. no. Go
1: to go to the menu bar icon and select Settings from the okay. menu bar.
0: Okay. All right. Got it. Settings. I'm there. So show apps. Oh, oh yeah! Look at that. Uh huh. Show apps. I've got all or filtered. Oh, filtered by display. So
1: then your switcher would only show the applications that are on that screen that have open windows on that screen.
0: So if you're doing a multi monitor setup, it's able to. D- that's really interesting. It's able to. I guess that should be. I'm sorry, I'm a dumb guy. It's able to know over here windows belonging to the application foo are open. mm Hmm. And if you drag that window from one display to another, that changes. Eventually, yes. <laughs> huh. Well, this is complicated stuff, John. I don't think I want to do this for a living. <laughs> that lets
1: people have like a little switcher. Like, because if they have people have multi monitor setups and they're like, look, I always do my text editing over here and I have my web browser over here too. But then on the main screen, I have these things. On the on the screen that just has the text editor in the web browser, you just have the two applications in your palette and you can position that palette where you want and make the icons really big because it's just two applications, right? Yeah. So it it lets you have a switcher of the kind that you want with the contents you want, in the order you want, looking how you want on each individual screen. So well, that, that is like... Can
0: the, could that put and This is a really dumb question. If you VN... Like when I use screens, when I VNC into something, I only ever personally like use like one... Official monitor setting aside the universal control things. If you have multiple monitors in VNC, doesn't it like sometimes very comically try to show you uh, like all of the monitors? They're just very tiny. Like if you have three monitors, it'll try to show you all three in VNC, right? Sometimes the better clients will let you pick among them and then go zoom could into see, one of them. I could right? see between this and something else, maybe shortcuts, maybe something else. I could see that being really handy for when you VNC in somewhere because there are definitely times where I don't like to do that thing where it follows the mouse um you know it's i'd Mm. I'd rather temporarily change the denseness density of my laptop but like i bet that could be really useful if you're using vnc and like if if you've got two monitors does that make sense and if you could like just i would just want to deal with some file management draggy stuff like i don't have the right stuff turned on and i need to vnc in right that seems like that could be really handy to for that to be different on different monitors
1: yeah, and that that's a whole other can of worms that are implementing how you identify monitors. Because what if somebody buys two of the same monitor? You would think they would identify themselves. Uh, and
0: you're not getting access to the special sauce that lets universal control know approximately sometimes if you're lucky where things are. Yeah. I it's mean, just gonna even, see Dell Dell or is it's gonna just gonna see ultra fine times two? You you're kind of at the whim of the monitors at mm-hmm. a certain point or and it, Is, it, is it identifying by like a UUID or a, I'm um, sorry, what is what is it called? A uh yeah, like is there like a is there like a you know, serial number or something that it's detecting? So there are APIs to get the
1: make, model and serial number of monitors, but lots okay. of monitors return 0 for the serial number, which really hurts your ability to identify them because they all return 0.
0: All you need is it strikes me you only need one of those to make your whole job very complicated. Yeah yeah it's if, not if you're trying to do that as the way yeah, yeah.
1: so you know the, <sighs> you can only do what you can in software uh but yeah lots of weird bug reports from people who have multiple identical monitors that do not report i mean i can't know if, whether to blame the monitor or whether to blame the mac os api for getting the serial number bottom line is in my app when i ask for the
0: serial number it's like guess
1: what all our serial numbers is zero now figure out which one you're talking to and it's kind of crappy
0: was that like when flash apps used to break in it would say nan that's not a number that's what that stands for nan not a number so we've, we've covered, what have we covered, John? We've covered where you came from, where you got to. We've covered, I think, in a fairly interesting way. Fairly interesting. We've covered why this stuff is complicated. You've definitely convinced me. I can't promise you I'm still going to offer you a job because there's a lot of things about this app I, I need you to like change. convince you not to be a programmer? You've definitely convinced me of that. Marco made that joke yesterday about Elon Musk commenting out random lines of code mm-hmm. i totally used to do that at my old job in cold fusion <laughs> i would just i would just and i still to some extent like you know like think about when you're very first making html and in you courses in the time before markdown when like john syracuse said everybody just wrote html in an app like you know bb edit not an ide you, You're typing right and, and you know asterisk asterisk but like remember we like especially think about nesting inside of tables so you've got, you've got a table, and the table's got a TR, and the TR's got a TD, and the TD, of course, because this is how you had to do it to make it work in Netscape, you have a wrapper for the style, a specific like, span style wrapper. Do you remember this? To get it to work in Netscape, you had to, you had to directly style up the P or the whatever or the TD, but you had to directly do it inside of the TD. So, imagine you get down to that level and like you can't understand. Sometimes you can just look and go, oh, the whole page is italicized after here. That's where I missed the I tag. But those times where like maybe there's been a little bit more than one botch up and like you can't tell where the problem starts. <laughs> you must have had that phase at some point in your life.
1: Yeah, that's where you don't want to be. I would describe that as groping in the dark. <sighs>
0: Well, before
1: you can find the light, you know yeah, what I mean? let's just like, try to comment out half the code. And if it works, then you know
0: the problem was in the half you commented out. That's what I did in Cold Fusion. Yeah, yeah, application.cfm is what they call it. You go in there, you just comment out half. It's kind of like uh, Cassidy and Green's wonderful app, uh, Conflict Catcher. They should do that for code. They could do that on GitHub, and it would automatically start having the amount of code that's been, huh, I could probably write that. I could do, what I need to do that in Swift UI, John, or is that something you would help me with uh, closer to the metal?
1: Yeah. You know what they call that? If you want to learn a fancy term for that, uh, the conflict approach to commenting out stuff, it's a, it's hang a on, fancy hang on, wait, don't,
0: don't, don't, um, um, shoot. It's, uh, is it a pun on process of elimination?
1: No, it's just, it's a computer science term that you can use oh. to sound smart. No, well, by all means, tell me binary search. Huh?
0: Binary, it's binary. you cut
1: it. You keep you keep dividing it in half, right? So, and then oh. when you like it's like just like you said with conflict catcher. If you, if you
0: disable yeah. half the extensions and the crash stops,
1: you know it's in that half. But now, how do you find it in that
0: half? Well, you want to make you really want to make sure you didn't answer wrong though. If you're like me, like this is the kind of thing that makes me wonder if I had OCD, because you remember how it works. So you guys, there used to be these things called extensions and, and, and control panels, and there was other stuff, but that was the two biggies. Extensions- I, I can't
1: send Apple events to other applications, So back in the day, you could run little programs that would put themselves
0: into the memory space of every running application. Oh, yeah. Extensions could screw up your work in memory real good. Um, just, yep. And so what Get you right do is there. you'd run this app, and forgive me if you all know this, just consider this a quick trip down- memory lane with old uncle merlin because i used to have to be believe it or not the person who tried to fix this for people who were billing three hundred dollars an hour and so uh, you install conflict, conflict catcher yes the call is coming from inside the system folder title because it is an extent or it's a control panel that runs so what it does though you add an extension if memory serves and what happens is how what's the very first thing that you very first thing you do is it restarts your mac right and when it comes up it says hey did the thing that happened before happen, right? Is mm-hmm. that the very first thing you do? A restart. Well, I mean, I think it would disable half to begin with, but right. You're, you're okay, but like, okay, plan. then let's jump to that. So, what it does, it would disable. I don't know how it would decide. Did it, have a, it had a smart way where it would try to, like, gang, oh, all of your Adobe extensions here, all of your Microsoft Office extensions here, right? Was it doing it that way? I'm not sure it was that smart. I think it was, well, I think at least at first it was pretty straightforward. So basically, if you had, our, it doesn't matter what, the, for our purposes, doesn't matter what control panels and extensions you have, if you had a total of 30, it would restart with 15 turned on and say, okay, how was that? You know, like your optometrist, better or worse. And then you'd say, that's fine. And it would restart. And it would say, okay, did did it it happen this time? And it would keep, each time you said yes, it would create a set of half that included the one that caused the problem. And then keep doing further process of elimination. Now you're asking yourself, well, hell, that sounds like it's not very useful, but yeah. Guess what it would also figure out? Because this is the way life used to be. You could just sit, you'd sit there and bing, and a little smile would come and then you just very slowly very slowly very slowly watch many many icons go across the bottom of your nine-inch screen and then what would it do john eventually it would figure one then it would say okay well let's keep going and see if we find another one and so forth and so forth we're talking about hours hours and then finally the part that's so beautiful do you remember this you had this was so important with adobe type manager if memory serves adobe type manager I'll either get this wrong or it the opposite of so wrong. Had tilde in the name. It had to always go last. And so it knew that. But do you remember that though? It would start figuring out well, is there something about the combination of these two? And if it is or isn't that, is does, do these need to load in a certain order? Do you remember was, didn't it do that? It was yeah, magic.
1: Yep, yeah, there was they were order dependent, too. It was what I'm man. trying to
0: say is <laughs> make sure you enter the right answer each time because if you get 3 hours into that and then you're wondering, look well, wow, I've had a really easy run. This thing hasn't if you're if it hasn't crashed in like 2 hours, right? You're kind of like, hmm. <laughs> you know, did I leave the stove on basically? <laughs> All right, so we've talked about the genesis. We've talked about the difficulties. Um, we've talked about I think the the last uh, kind of slightly hanging question from me was, you let me know if you're done. We're done with this. Um how do you know when to use the do, do, should one know when to use Switch Glass versus the dock?
1: Well, I was talking about uh, having them on different screens and what's convenient and what's close to your cursor. But the other thing is that unlike with the dock, with Switch Glass, you can decide what happens when you click on these little icons, right? I love. So you,
0: okay, this is the part I've been really looking forward yeah. to.
1: So uh, first of all, when you click on them, you, can, you have a choice of what, five different actions? You would think, how can there be five when different you right, things? When you right click. No, when you, when you
0: left click. Not true. I'm clicking on Finder, and it opens the Finder. I'm clicking on MVL, and it opens MVL. If I right-click or, I like, you know, whatever, you know, I'm two-finger click on my dingus, I get the pop-up with the doc-like, show all windows, activate, reopen. Should I get that? Do I have something reversed no, in no, my no, no, settings? No, no. So,
1: yeah, so you're you're missing me. Go go look at the settings uh-huh. one again. Go back to uh-huh. settings. I
0: was doing so well. Go back to settings. Oh, uh, I was doing so well. Yeah, I'm there. So oh, see oh, the top. Oh, I see. Yeah. See
1: the top thing, which is app click. Oh, what happens? What oh. happens when you just click, like left click, plain old click an application? You have five oh. choices of
0: what you want to happen when you click on it. Oh, oh, okay. I get app. Oh, app click, and then I got a, I got a, a pull down menu. I can either show all windows. I guess that's what I have clicked because it mm-hmm. says a checkbox. You can activate, reopen, reopen and show all and hide. So if I change that, what should I change it to, just for fun? You pick. I don't know,
1: just, uh, you can change it to, well, so there's, there's documentation saying what these all are, because what the hell is the difference between activate and reopen and show all windows?
0: Yeah, but also, it get, you must have, you, well, luckily, like you say, this is not going to be a one million user app, but I bet it gets real confusing when people don't remember that they changed something, and it's different behavior yeah. from the Mac.
1: And then you can usually. also pick what you want to happen when you shift-click.
0: Yes! Let's see, if I, if I were doing shift-click, shift-click See, I don't know. Command, I think of command as like in web browsers, right? Mm -hmm. Command is usually, command click is usually like open this in a new tab. It's a command shift click, open in that old tab. If I do command click, boy, this feels like old muscle memory. Command click on this Roderick on the line file. Nothing happens. Option click. I know option click on on an application opens it, you know, like a safe mode thing. What what else should I know about clicking?
1: Well, so for since you can configure these, you can decide that yeah. you want this to behave differently than the dock. And the, the main difference, for it, without going to all the documentation, is like uh, when you click on one of these things, do you want every single window from that application to come to the front, or you do you just want one window from that activation, like front to. and center? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, so front and center is when you just click on the windows, it changes the behavior. But obviously, with Switch Glass, when you click on the icon, Switch Glass can choose what to do, um, and also the ability to hide them. Some people make shift click to be hide. So if they want to quickly hide an application, instead of instead of right clicking and picking hide from the menu, which you can do, you can also just shift click it and quickly hide any of the applications. Right. Now.
0: If I hide the app, does it? Well, I should just try this. If I hide the app, does it hide the icon? I'm guessing I'm clicking on Messages. Not opened it. Shift click opens through there. Option click. I think Option hit it. Is that right? No, hit did you hit the windows. Set, did,
1: did you change shift? Oh no, to, Option to Option
0: showed it in Applications folder. I get it. Um, So whatever works for you. And and so the idea here is, though, there is a benefit to being able to have those do different things because we're not just replicating, we're not creating multiple docs. We're providing auxiliary, like, you Mm -hmm. know, functionality, and then you can decide how that fits into your world. And you've provided accommodations for people to do that.
1: Yep. And you can also exclude applications. So they never appear there. And if you have it filtered by display, if you were to shift click to hide, it would disappear because now you've hidden all the windows. They're not on the display anymore. And it's Mm -hmm. anyway, that's why somebody might want to use this. But the bottom line is I made this application for myself. Uh, And if other people find it useful, that's great. But if not, I continue to run it 24 hours a day, seven days a
0: week. So I can have
1: a little list of applications in the upper right hand corner as I have for multiple decades.
0: I could see. I mean, I'll tell you one just, just straight off the dome. I, I don't know if what I said early in the show will make it into the show, and I don't know if it made sense. But universal control is this new functionality kind of, well, I was going to say like handoff, but way bigger than handoff, I guess. But universal control is the thing that allows you to be on a Mac or, for that matter, on an iPad, but for our purposes, on a Mac and be able to use uh, your keyboard and mouse To as input devices for another Mac or an iPad. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. You can only have a total of so many, and I can't get into it. But that's my problem was, though, that I kept wanting to do the thing. There should be a name for this, John. The thing where, like, when I had a Kensington ball, you know, the big, heavy one, and I would just go flung. Like, if I wanted to get to my dock today using a Kensington trackball, I would go flung, which is the sound of me going from 12 to 6 really fast, and hearing it go... Right, um, But I can't fly across to like, I used to like having my dock on the side, but now when I do that and I get it even like what feels like 10 pixels wrong, it's kind of like the Hulu problem, but on a horizontal rather than a vertical, then I, I mouse over into a different universal control screen. So that's why I put my dock at the bottom. What I was going to say about your thing is though I could see a not a million, I could see half a dozen really w- ways to use this that are pretty weird. One way I could see using this is pretty weird. In the same way that, like, Casey and Mike, Casey Liz and Mike Hurley like, really like um, spaces, and I find it confusing, I could see this being something that's almost as, like, customizable of, like, okay, look, I'm in that mode now where I'm working on, and I know there's only one of these. It's not like there's multiple palettes or, uh, yeah, palettes. But, like, it'd be pretty cool to be able to say, like, I'm in podcast working mode, and I always know exactly where these icons are and what they do. That's kind of. I could see that being very handy for people. Yep, you can also automatically hide it, so it just pops out when you put your cursor by
1: it, and all sorts of stuff like that. So it, it just gives you a little bit more flexibility. And what do you, you know, think most people
0: use it for the most? When you get feedback from people, what's the thing where people went, "Oh my god, thank you! I've been, I didn't know I wanted this, or I've wanted this forever." Is there one thing that this does that was really the answer to somebody's prayers? Did you know?
1: Of? I think I think the main uh, thing uh, message I've gotten for people is well two one is people surprised that they find it useful at all which is kind of a backhanded compliment because like i bought this thing because <laughs> i just wanted to be nice to you but you know what it actually sometimes is useful to have a little thing that just shows running applications <laughs> and nothing else and i can right. stick it where i want it because my dock is filled with junk you, like people's desktops are filled with junk people fill their docks with junk and they From get the guy be- on the
0: plane junk, can you find that photo because <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's one goes. of those wonderful photos that like are like there's probably been things like this in other times, in other eras. This might have existed in the Renaissance. But one thing that makes the internet so great is you could see a fi- picture of a 60-year-old man sitting on a plane using an iMac in his lap and think, that is hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a rerun. I've seen people do that at Starbucks in pictures. That's funny. But you haven't even gotten to the best part yet because you haven't seen his doc. And the guy's dock is... Did you ever actually count how many apps he had open?
1: It's got to be at it's least dozens. a hundred. At least a hundred. But Maybe like at least 200. dozens, right? Honestly, it's um, yeah. so many of them that you can't see <laughs> the icons anymore. They're just they're just the tiniest
0: little no, blobs. It's, it's more like trying to like it's like picking up a houndstooth jacket and hoping you can read it as a book. Like, it was just, just tiny little, like, houndstooth-style checks at the bottom of the screen. And,
1: and what, what they were, what people think they were, and I, I think this is probably right, is they were basically bookmarks from Safari. Like, And he drags down like, there. Like, this weblock is, files. Yeah, this is where
0: I put, problems. this is like the bowl where I put my keys, except for bookmarks.
1: Yeah, and it's basically like every website this guy ever wanted. To, and what he would do is probably, he probably had magnification turned on, and he would just drag his cursor to the bottom of the screen and scroll through his giant Rolodex of, poo. it was a giant Oof. linear list of web pages that he had gone that to. That is so
0: and funny. Fun. I love that. just, you know, magnification. Yeah, man, that age shouldn't have the magnification. I mean, you should just keep it on do what I do. Just, you know, and again, this is big for me in VNC. How do I know it's option command D it's like, cause I'm always, I'm always hitting the D, you know what I'm saying? Hide and show.
1: Yeah, and then the other, the, the other thing that people say is they like the fact mm-hmm. that they can have them on a bunch of different monitors because like it's on the side of this bad. monitor, it's on the bottom on that monitor, it's on the top on this monitor. That's something you just can't do with the dock because you just kind of got pick an edge for it. Like it may be, the dock may be bottom on your main big thing, but on your other one, you want it to be on the side and Apple can't do that, but this thing can. So this solves a problem for some people.
0: Thank you, John. Hey, since I didn't promote it at the top, I would like to just remind folks it's a little late in the the episode, but actually kind of a strangely good place possibly to say it, which is that you can uh, choose to help support our program by going to relay.fm slash RD slash join. And uh, with a very modest amount of money, you can help John and I uh, do what we're doing here and help the, um, help the um, what's it called? The the company, our boss network. Yeah, the network. You can help them too. And um, in addition to getting uh, an ad free a little personal podcast feed, we, with an ad free version of this, you get some bonus content. You get wallpaper. And uh, on weeks like this, which is uh, every other week, once a month, uh, John and I do some uh, some extra content. Now the thing is, we never got to Merlin's drawing. What are we gonna, What do you want to talk about so John, this is, I know you like money and you're unemployable uh at this point to to, what are we put some bait on the hook john what are we going to talk about in the the drawings or more twitter well we're going
1: to talk about one of those two things and we'll find out in a little bit because in difficult fashion we plan ahead of time what we're going to talk about and then we try to stick to the plan but it doesn't always work
0: well you know a plan is exactly that you know what i mean if it was done they wouldn't call it a plan Mm -hmm. do you agree john
1: I do agree. One one more thing about the uh, membership thing. There's actually yes, a- uh, Oh, a tw- geez, of course. Yeah, we got to, we got a sale going on, don't we, John? Yep, it's 20% off annual <laughs> Relay FM memberships from now until December 17th. If you go to giverelay.com- There's le- less than a
0: month to utilize this, people. Sorry. Please go. If you go
1: to www.giverelay.com, could you, sp- tri- could you
0: spell www for me? They
1: put a triple W in there. I, I tried it without it, and I think it does work. But come on, triple W mm. really? Anyway, if you go to www.giverelay.com and sign up now, you have to be a new member, someone new who member. hasn't mm-hmm. signed up. And also, it's it's the reason it's Give Relay. You can give it as a gift to somebody. They also have to be a new member. Or, but anyway, or if a curse. So, if you would like to give someone a relay membership, so they can hear all our member special episodes and get all the wallpapers and hear all the episodes where we have extra content, yep. you can buy them a gift and send it to them. As long as they are not currently already a relay member, and you will get twenty percent off.
0: And, and and if you if you join right now before December seventeenth, your name will be entered in a lottery, and the first mm-hmm. five hundred people will will be able we will, will yeah. give you read read privileges, read and write privileges actually for the HT access file. If you think you can fix the triple dub in there. If you think you have the skills, bring it to the Thunderdome. It starts at $5 a month, I believe. Is that how it starts, John? Is it start at $5 a month? Yeah, but the 20% off is only for the annual membership, though, I think. And it's got to be first-timers. Terms yes. and conditions apply. You know, uh, the, 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 the the fourth, the fifth, you know, the the minor mm-hmm. riff, you know? Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. John, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I don't know how to end it. I don't know how to start I don't know how, how do you end it. Should we sing a song? We could sing a song.